0: This is 15 Minute Fundamentals, where we interview core contributors within crypto and gain insights into their day-to-day operations. In this episode, I'm joined by Murloc. Co founder of Trader Joe, a one stop shop for decentralized trading on Avalanche, Arbitrum, and the BNB chain. To cover the basics, decentralized exchanges are smart contract based exchanges that allow for the permissionless trading of assets globally. The problem that exchanges solve is that it's difficult to get initial liquidity for assets, the liquidity is often geographically siloed, and the transparency of trades is enforced primarily through regulation instead of technology. DEXs bring down the cost of an IPO to one function call. Once an asset is represented as a token on chain, it can be traded freely on a DEX, and it inherits the advantageous features of the underlying blockchains, global liquidity, predefined rules of operation, immutable audit trail, and open source transparency. The DEX market was initially dominated by order book-based solutions, most of which suffered from low liquidity. Automated market makers that pooled liquidity emerged to solve the liquidity bootstrapping problem and have since gone on to facilitating billions in daily trading volume. The primary business model for DEX is to generate revenue by taking a cut of the trading fees paid by traders. That is, the DEX takes a portion of the liquidity provider's revenue. In this episode with Murloc, we discuss what Trader Joe is and what makes it unique, how their exchange works under the hood, we assess the market opportunity in Trader Joe's position Within the space, we discuss current growth drivers, the team behind the project, the Joe token, plans for the future, and more. Hello, Murloc. Welcome to 15-Minute Fundamentals. It's great to have you on. Hey,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. Today, we're going to be diving into the details behind Trader Joe, but just before we get into those, could you give a quick introduction to the protocol for anyone not yet familiar? Sure.
1: So we are Trader Joe. We are everyone's favorite decentralized exchange. Or Dex, we invented Liquidity Book, which is the most capital-efficient AMM or automated market maker in all of DeFi today. Liquidity Book has lots of novel features. It was designed for liquidity provider sustainability while giving traders the best prices. Our journey started in mid to, uh, 2021 on the Avalanche blockchain, where we quickly grew to a top five Dex in all of DeFi by building a great community and user-friendly platform. Uh, since then, we've served over eight billion in GMV. We've built a one-stop shop for DeFi Web3 with DeFi yield farming, money market lending, and token launchpad. Last year, we also launched Jopegs at an NFT marketplace. And today we're live on Avalanche, Arbitrum, and the BNB smart chain. Who are we as people? We're a team of builders. We aim to build great products and we love to engage and educate our community.
0: That's great. Thank you. And as everyone loves you, like you well said there, let's dive into the why behind that. So if you could just break down the core problem that trader drill set out to solve so what is the purpose of your existence
1: so we would like to think of it as you know three goals three pillars first is best prices second is sustainability and third is DeFi for everyone so the first pillar of best prices you know here like i mentioned that we invented an amm protocol called A liquidity book. It is the most capital efficient AMM. It allows traders to swap tokens at zero or low slippage. And this is important because past generation DEXs relied on building a very large captive amount of liquidity just to provide an efficient price. And liquidity book, we can turn over, you know, serve a large amount of traders with the least amount of liquidity. And that helps us to provide the best prices. Sustainability. So Uniswap v3, which is, you know, the largest uh, decentralized exchange protocol in the industry today. Uh, It's been released for two years, and we're still not sure that liquidity providers can be profitable or even sustainable. And the liquidity book improves upon this with surge pricing. So traders pay extra dynamic fee during high market volatility. We just think this makes sense for everyone. You know, we think of decentralized exchanges as a two-sided marketplace, and this improves sustainability for the liquidity providers our platform. And the third is DeFi for everyone. So we love DeFi. It is empowering, but it can also have a steep learning curve. We foster a cozy community so that everyone from beginners to experienced participants can learn new things every day. DeFi is all about discovering new things. It also gets harder with newer mechanisms and newer strategies. So for example, liquidity book is extremely powerful, but can also be difficult to learn. Uh, And so that's why we also build new products on top of that. For example, a new feature that we're launching soon called Auto Pools to automate a lot of the liquidity management so users can one-click participate. So DeFi for everyone, for us, is both education and community fostering, and as well as building products that appeal to everyone to be able to participate.
0: I love that. Uh, Educating the community and lowering the barriers to participate in DeFi will unlock so much potential that this space has yet to unleash, so that's great. Now, you really well described liquidity book and the features and benefits that it has introduced to the market. Uh, If we speak a bit more about your core product suite and what you're building on top of that, it would be great to hear about uh, your core products and their features in a bit more detail.
1: So the first is swapping tokens right? So traders can swap tokens on our exchange, just like many other decentralized exchanges uh, in the industry. But for us, you know, traders can swap tokens, for example, Ethereum for ETH for Arbitrum, ARB token, uh, and they can enjoy the best price. Users in DeFi sometimes notice that there's a small price difference when they swap. And this is called slippage. It gets bigger when you're trying to do a larger amount of tokens to swap. Now with liquidity book, If there's sufficient liquidity in the pool, it's possible that there's almost no slippage at all. And so, you know, that's how we offer best prices for swaps. For the other side is pools. So the pool feature allows liquidity providers to come to our platform, deposit their tokens into pools for traders to swap against, and they can earn fees. So users can find different pools that match their tokens. Some pools have higher volatility than others. So users can use our analytics to do some research, you know, which ones uh, have a lot of participation, which ones are efficient or inefficient, uh, and they can choose the price range that they want to provide their liquidity in. So that way, like they would only earn fees if the market trades in this price range. So there's a lot of strategy and, and tooling here. To allow them to really optimize, you know, their liquidity strategy and maximize their uh, returns. Users can even choose the shape of their liquidity. So this is something that's pretty cool. This feature, uh, you know, distributes their liquidity across different price ranges, and and this this is the more advanced part uh, of liquidity book. And to help people, we you know, we have detailed help center articles to teach people how this works. And on top of that, we also have maker rewards. So, you know, market maker rewards or trading rewards for the top liquidity providers to earn additional tokens. So, for folks that are really doing a really good job in in specific pools, you know, they can earn additional rewards on top. The next is our new product that's coming out soon called Auto Pools. So Liquidity Book, like I mentioned, very powerful, difficult to master and can be very time consuming to manage. Auto Pools is a one click solution to automate the liquidity management. Uh, the idea is to, you know, make it easier for folks to participate, lower the, the barrier of entry.
0: That all sounds great. And then just quickly, I want to understand how you choose the ecosystems that you build. in. As you're now live on Avalanche Arbitrum and the BNB chain, what is the decision making process so how do you pick where you launch your product suite next?
1: Firstly, Avalanche. Avalanche is our home. It's very comfy. It's cheap, fast, stable. Things just work. You know, it is a great place to start for any web three developers. And, you know, we chose it because you know, back in the day because, you know, we love the vibes, right? Like back then, like it was a community where everybody knew, like all the builders, all the developers all knew everyone. Actually, that's still true today. It's very close knit, things work. That's the most important thing for developers. And I think Avalanche provides uh, really great infrastructure for developers. Arbitrum, so we launched our, our decks on Arbitrum in December, 2022. Arbitrum is the leading layer two. Scaling solution for Ethereum. The future of Arbitrum is very promising. We're happy to be building, building there as one of the leading DEXs. And for us, you know, we just see Arbitrum as you know, where a lot of folks that, you know, enjoy Ethereum and some of the decentralization ethos of, of Ethereum. Like that's where folks are trending towards like doing all of their DeFi activities. And so, you know, that's how we chose Arbitrum. BMB Chain, on the other hand, is very different. So BMB Chain is very vibrant. Lo- very high user activity ecosystem. They love gaming and GameFi over there. So we developed, we deployed Jopegs, the NFT marketplace in January, of 2023. We chose BNB chain because we feel that like we can serve the, that community, the BNB community with our full like DeFi plus NFT, you know, one-stop platform. It's, you know, it's a very different kind of value proposition compared to let's say Arbitrum, which is, you know, it also has a very vibrant gaming community as well. But I think with BNB, it's, it's a, slightly different kind of vibe where people want you know this more seamlessness between DeFi and nft and we feel like we're the we're the best platform to provide that
0: got it that makes sense thank you Uh, now if we look at the broader market for a bit as you're building like a one-stop shop for DeFi, how do you think about the market in general and what do you see as your position within it so are there any specific players that you're Benchmarking against, then if you had to like pick one unique selling proposition, what, what would that be?
1: I can't just pick one. Uh, like I mentioned, we have three pillars, and that's important because as an exchange, we serve many users, right? We are we're a two sided marketplace, and so we have different users that you, choose our platform with different reasons. Our three pillars being best prices, sustainability, and accessible DeFi for everyone, right? So you know th- those are our unique selling points. If you are a trader, we have we provide the best prices for the like, Liquidity, you're tri- looking to swap on chain. If you like to do yield farming, and you know you're a liquidity provider looking for yield, we have the the most sustainable yield. Like, there's no magic, no tricks here. This is. Just fees and Dex liquidity being very efficient and accessible. DeFi I think is just it just applies to everyone. Like we want this to be a low barrier of entry for everyone to participate. So it's not just for folks who are very large whales with lots of liquidity. Like folks that have that just trying it out for the first time using a smaller budget, like can participate. So where's our position in it? Well, the liquidity book is the most capital efficient AMM, and with auto pools we can think we think we can even make the cutting edge of DeFi easier and accessible. We also have a great brand and community. We have some of the best memes in DeFi, I think. And so when we think about benchmarking, we don't really compare ourselves too much to, you know, other competition. But when it comes to DEXs, I think obviously we, you know, we try to measure our progress towards the, you know, the greater decentralized exchange market share. So, you know, some prominent folks, for example, in an arbitrum is obviously Uniswap, but also a lot of other local uh, decks is like. Camelot, ZyberSwap, I think SushiSwap and Balancer, you know, they're also in the picture as well. So lots of different competitors on the DEX space. But when it comes to branded memes, like I think we're, we're, we, we have no, we have no rival. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, the branding and memes are surprisingly important, especially the memes in the crypto space. So that, that's great. Um, are you able to shed light on how you're internally thinking about like the market size or potential for what you're building?
1: I think everybody that participates in crypto and DeFi obviously believe that, that you know, we believe in it. Like we believe that, you know, it can only grow bigger. Do we have some kind of specific number? Like, no, I, I don't really think about that at all. I just think that it's today, it's it's quite big and it, can, and it can only grow bigger. I don't have particular beliefs about monetary systems and so on. Like I personally just enjoy uh, crypto and DeFi. I remember my first magic moment when I first got into DeFi, like the first time that I tried it. Like I was very skeptical for a very long time. Like it's, it sounded so so, so scammy, right? But when I tried DeFi for the first time, I remember trying like the first yield farm or something. And then it just clicked for me. Like the first time it provided liquidity into a DAX and I could see that I was earning fees in real time and I can earn rewards. I just think that like uh, it, it clicked for me. And I think the market size potential, like there are much larger audiences out there that are waiting to, you know, explore this and, and try for the first time. In terms of our own product, um, you know, dexes are a very much a core staple of, of DeFi, and so for us, we just want to be you know the best dex, build the best product, and and go from there. You know, like uh, we we want to be number one. Like that's that that's that's the way we think about um, our goal.
0: Definitely. And and when you think of that goal being number one, I mean, I think you're moving towards that with, with good momentum, because at the moment, you seem to be one of the fastest growing DEXs in this space since launching Liquidity Book, at least. And I just wanted to ask that, what are the current main drivers behind that pace of growth that you have?
1: So we first launched Liquidity Book in November last year. We started on Avalanche and even then like it very like we were already the largest DEX by market share on Avalanche itself. And so the question was whether like the version two of it could outpace version one. And the answer is yes, very quickly. Like today about half of our liquidity is on version one versus, you know, the other half on version two, which is powered by a liquidity book. And the, you know, the liquidity book does like, I don't know, 20 to 30 times more volume. I have to check the exact number, but it's something like that's kind of scale. So th- that growth was also quite surprising to us. Like we knew that it was going to be helpful, but we didn't know how How quickly it could happen, right? Like, and whether, like you know, it would disrupt our own uh, ecosystem today. Our version two of the DAX liquidity book. On Avalanche it does about eighty percent of the DEX market share um, on Avalanche, and so when we went to Arbitrum, there was you know there was a different kind of challenge uh, when we thought about growth. Folks on a new chain on a new ecosystem may not know who we are, right? And you know maybe folks on who have tried Avalanche know us, but you know guys on Arbitrum may not know, and even folks that have, might have tried us on Avalanche before, they might not know that we're also live on on Arbitrum. And so the growth for us became like two things, right? One was like, hey, we have a great product, how do we make it work? Right. how do we attract liquidity? How do we attract traders and liquidity providers and so on? And then the other part was about awareness. Like, How do we let people know that we have this great product and that they can use it here on, on Arbitrum? There's no clever secret for growth here. First is you can't swim against the tide, right? So for us, we felt like Arbitrum was doing something magical. There was a lot of developer activity, a lot of interest. It was a good chain and it was you know, working quite well, uh, scalably. So we felt like the entire Entire space of Arbitrum was going to grow uh, fold. so that was number one. Like just be part of a, a rocket ship. The second was just understanding that the large event that was eventually going to happen. Everybody speculated on it was the Arbitrum token airdrop, and we felt like, hey, if a, a large token was some suddenly airdropped, what are people going to do with it, right? And how would it be traded on a Dex? And so we kind of prepared ourselves for that day to come, knowing that firstly, like we have to have enough selection as a dex like people like to trade certain tokens and names on they want to they come to Arbitrum to explore the local tokens right local projects the local experience so you know we made sure that people can be able to buy and sell magic or radiant or GNS GMX uh, there's a whole whole bunch of other names as well we made sure that people had selection on our dex uh, so that when they came to when they you know they 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 opened the Arbitrum page uh, for Trader Joe, they can find all the cool Arbitrum tokens that they're you know, their friends have been talking about. And then, you know, being prepared like for the Arbitrum uh, airdrop itself. So this was also many months in the making. We knew that firstly, we had to make sure that some of the more experienced liquidity providers on our platform, they had to be interested in spending their time and energy on Arbitrum. So we launched market maker rewards to try to get people to be active on the Arbitrum markets. And then next to foster that community, like people have to be good at using the liquidity book. They have to be enough market market makers. So, you know, we cultivated the, the, the folks in our discord, we, we do lots of like, you know, AMAs and discussions, we encourage folks to share strategies and learnings to, you know, how to, you know, to share tips with each other, so that when the day actually arrived, that, you know, there was lots of tokens that being airdropped, and folks were looking for places to trade the Arbitrum token, our community were the best, you know, market makers with the amount of volume traded on our platform for Arbitrum on the first day of the airdrop versus the amount of liquidity, like, we were miles ahead of everyone else, right? obviously like, you know, there was a lot of liquidity and volume traded on Uniswap simply by, you know, by definition, they had the large amount of liquidity. That's where you're going to find most Arbitrum token to buy. But other than that, like in terms of efficiency, like I think everybody really, it just turned everybody's heads like, Hey, like Trader Joe, how did they get so good at providing, you know, for one of the now like the largest token on Arbitrum, which is the Arbitrum uh, token itself? You know, how did this happen? And this is just all this homework that we did in the months ahead for that one moment, because we knew like, you know, when that happened, when the airdrop finally happened, people are going to want to trade that token, they're going to buy it, they're going to sell it. And so make sure that our community was ready, make sure that our our market makers were sufficiently educated and experienced to use the product. And of course, making sure that the product worked. It's a bit long story, but I hope, uh, you know, I painted a good picture.
0: Uh, I think you did. And that's, that's like really insightful context to what you have been thinking. And I think what you said there as well, that there has been, No, like secret recipe to the growth, except that you've been in the right place at the right time. You really have a strategic long term mindset into where you want to be and how you're going to capitalize or leverage market events. So that's going great. But then on the other hand, product market fit is in rocket science. So when you provide a good good product to the market, it's going to start gaining momentum when people realize that it works. So it's great to hear that you seem to have found like a really clear product market fit in this space. Now, as there are many AMMs and I think many people struggle to kind of understand the core differences, I would love to hear a slightly more technical description of liquidity book to the extent that you feel is relevant to share. Here. Like, are you able to walk us through like the most relevant, important smart contracts and what they do?
1: Actually, there aren't that many smart contracts for DEX. You know, DEX smart contracts they define the actual markets themselves. So, for example, Arbitrum ETH, right? How to price between one token versus, versus the other? How to swap for one token to the other? And then the other part is you know the actual bins itself. Like, what is a bin? Which I'll get into in a second. And then lastly, is the router. So, as folks are trying to trade for from token X to token Y, how do we find the best pools to, you know, route the trade, right? It might go from token A to token B to token C. So first, like the concept, some folks that are developers or have been in the DeFi space might understand like how classic DEXs today work, like the classic AMMs work. You know, there's this mathematical formula and, you know, things are priced along this curve programmatically. Now, a liquidity book operates a little bit differently. Here, we have this concept of Bins. So liquidity is placed into discrete bins. And each bin has a fixed price. So let's use the Arbitrum token, for example. You know, you can have a bin that's at one dollar, another bin that's that's at a dollar and one cent, and then another one at 1.02, 1.03, and so on. And liquidity is placed separately into these different bins, and users can swap the tokens, let's say between Arbitrum and USD circle within these bins. And if you're inside this bin, the price of Arbitrum and USDC is fixed. And that's how we achieve like a price efficiency. So long as the price stays within that bin, the traders can swap tokens within the bin at constant price without slippage. So what's so cool about bins? Well, your bins and my bins can stack together. So we all have liquidity in the bins of, you know, $1 and $1.01, 1.02 and so on. The bins got stacked together. Just think of it like vertically. And that's how like the liquidity becomes deep. And then liquidity providers can then even exp- uh, express advanced strategy with different liquidity bin distributions so if we think of some bins along the x axis like the price so one, 1 1.01 1.02 1.03 and so on we can put different amounts into each bin so you know we can we can all put the same amount so it's a uniform bin distribution so all of them have 10 usd circle $10 in them. Okay. Or we can do it in a curve. Like we think that, Hey, it's going to stay within this particular price range and has a standard deviation of something else. We can have a Gaussian curve, you know, along the different price range. Or we think that, Hey, I wanted to do something that's of a V shape so that as the price goes up from $1 to 1.05, you know, I want to have more of my liquidity as the price goes up right? So you know you put it in like a slope or a V-shape. And smart contracts here, right? Firstly, we determine what happens when people are swapping between tokens within the bins. And then secondly, how do we organize and find all the different bins for a particular market? So in this case, you know, Arbitrum and USD Circle. And then lastly, the router. When we have lots of pools, how do we you know swap and find the best price uh, across different pools?
0: Got it. Thank you. That was a really clear and concise overview of how that works. Now, I, I want to move on to speak a bit about your financials. So could you walk me through your economic model, starting from the DEX side of things? Uh, So we understand that how value flows to all stakeholders, so supply-side participants, and also how user protocol capture value.
1: Sure. Decentralized exchange, like Trader Joe, we are a two-sided marketplace. So what does that mean? When traders swap token X to token Y, they pay a fee to the liquidity provider. So, you know, the liquidity provider, they, they have liquidity in the bins and so on for the traders to swap. And when the trader swaps from token X to token Y, they also pay a small percentage of fees to the liquidity provider. Different pools can have different fees. And in any case, the trader, you know, we, we find the best price for the trader for the tokens they want to swap. And then they pay the fee to the liquidity provider. Now the liquidity provider would then pay another fee to the protocol. So let's say they might earn, uh, 25 basis points for, for a particular uh swap that the trader made and of the 25 basis points they might pay i don't know five basis points or seven basis points whatever it is to the protocol so that's how the business model works the traders pay the lp and then the lp pays to the Uh, protocol. So this works for us. We do this without having to add any additional like fancy yields, incentives, yield farming, token emission incentives, and so on, uh, simply because liquidity book is very efficient. So we've proven since launch, we've proven that LPs can be sustainable uh, without needing incentives. I also mentioned earlier about surge pricing. So in times when market is very volatile, which definitely happened on the first day of Arbitrum, airdrop, uh, traders might pay an additional, you know, let's say three or four basis points, you know, dynamic fee to the liquidity provider. And so that's, that's the part that we think, you know, helps uh, with sustainability.
0: Got it. How about Jopegs? Are you currently generating revenue through that NFT marketplace? Yes.
1: Jopegs is very similar to some of the more household marketplaces. So, you know, just like OpenSea, we charge 2.5% of all sales of all listed sales. So if someone sells their list, their NFT, and they sell it, uh, 2.5% of the proceeds, are paid to the marketplace, there might also be, you know, percentage fee paid to creators for royalties as well. And so, yeah, that one's also a basic, you know, percentage of marketplace.
0: Yeah, got it. And, and you mentioned there that you have like a very straightforward fee model. You haven't seen the need for uh, token emissions or anything like that. So I uh, could just briefly walk us through what the Joe token's purpose is at the moment in your ecosystem.
1: The Joe token, we've been very careful to develop governance in, within our community. We feel like, you know, decentralization and governance is the reason why we're all here but and it's great when it's done right there are lots of ways in which governance tokens are i want to say capitalized or commercialized but for us you know we just like the idea that you know folks can you know participate in how the exchange can be governed so for example folks use the joe token to vote on governance proposals to open new uh, markets new pools and markets on the exchange so you know for example recent proposals have included you know opening let's say like uh a, a stargate that's a good example so you know folks have proposed you know hey you, you know stargate they're you know they're great they're on multiple chains they're on both avalanche and arbitrum you know they've been uh you know doing some new things i think that there's a you know a, a vibrant interest to trade that token on liquidity book let's open it for against uh let's say stargate avax uh, market or stargate usdc and then folks would then go and, and 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 vote right that i think that that part is pretty straightforward it's quite similar to, you know, a lot of other DeFi protocols. The other part is what we call SJO staking or staking Joe. And here, you know, we mentioned that there was a percentage fee of protocol that's paid to the protocol and that would be paid to uh, SJO stakers. So Joe token holders can stake their tokens into SJO and we would share the protocol revenues. We would share them as a USD uh, stable. So I think that's a bit different from some other protocols where they might use it to buy back their own token or something. Uh, for us, Plus, we just, we just give people dollars. It's easier to, you know, less mental arithmetic on what they're getting back.
0: Got it. So do you share the entirety of protocol fees to S. Joe stakers? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then, just in the very beginning, you mentioned that you are a team of builders. Can you briefly walk me through what that team of builders looks like right now? So, it's a team size and just general composition.
1: Sure. So, we are a team of roughly thirty. You know, including like from engineering to marketing to business development to design to research to community managers. We are one hundred percent remote. So, we are very. We're spread out across different time zones, whether it's Asia. Europe, US, both East and West Coast. And uh, the tenure of our team members have varied from like some have been like day one guys, and some have been fairly new to Trader Joe.
0: Got it. And then I just have one final question to wrap up this interview. We covered a lot of ground, uh, super insightful context that you've been able to give. But what's next for Trader Joe? Is there anything you can share about your mid to long term roadmap. So
1: in the short term, we're, we're working furiously hard to launch. First is, you know, we actually have an upgrade for a liquidity book. Like it's great, but we're not, we're not done. So we're calling it version 2.1. Version 2.1 will reduce gas costs significantly. I think anything between 30 to 40%. It'll also allow for permissionless pools. So today uh, pools are opened after governance voting. We like the idea that, you know, folks can create pools permissionlessly. And so, you know, we have a feature to enable some form of that. And then auto pools, which I've talked about in the past, auto pools will make liquidity management for folks that want to participate liquidity book in an automated way. It's much simpler. So short term, 2.1, permissionless pools, auto pools. I should also mention that you asked about staking and the protocol revenue. So today we're not charging any protocol fee for liquidity book today. Like all supply side fees generated is paid 100% to the uh, suppliers. So liquidity providers earn all of it today. We've done that to kind of grow our platform, but soon in the future, we will enable fees to be shared to the protocol directly so you know that would also happen after 2.1 in a mid to longer plan so a lot of it is like we, we we try to keep an open mind about what the new trends are in crypto and DeFi. they move so fast so we try not to make any like plans that are way too long because sometimes by the time you've done that like you know the landscape might have changed Uh, shifted uh, significantly but what we are certain about like that you know things that we want to continue to do analytics and api so since we launched liquidity book there has been an insatiable demand to know more about what's happening how does it all work how did i make so much fees you know what are all the flows that are happening and how can we automate or use you know for folks to build their own dashboards and or you know trading bots and so on So analytics and API, I think is a long-term thing that we want to continuously improve. And the next is automation and tooling. So folks are starting to realize, hey, there are certain successful strategies or patterns and they want to build their own tools to do it. There are definitely folks that are participating on our platform today that managed to build their own Python bots or something. And I think that's very cool. We want, we definitely want to empower some of the power users to continue to, you know, really explore the edge of DeFi here, right? So we want to improve the tooling to to help people do
0: that. That all sounds good. Can't wait to see how everything plays out. We'll be following your developments closely. Thank you so much, Merlock, for taking the time to give us this insightful overview of Trader Joe. And I hope we can do it again to dive into some of these topics in more detail in a few months time. Appreciate it. Thanks.
1: Thank you.